I need to slay some giants in my life. Turn to somebody and say, I need to slay some giants in my life. <laughs> Not goats, but giants. Hallelujah. Well, I want to talk about the giant killer. And we all know about the giant killer in the Bible. Amen. His name was David. And I think most of us know the story about David and how he slew the giant. And we're going to be talking about that as uh, I minister the word. But I want to go to Ephesians 6. Ephesians 6, verse 10 to 8, 10 to 18. I want to read uh, that scripture to you this morning. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God. How many are going to take up the whole armor of God? And you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. Father, we thank you this morning. We thank you for everything that we've uh, done here this morning. I thank you for all the fathers that are here and all the men that are represented here at Life Church. I ask your blessings upon them. And Lord God, as I minister this word, let it flow and let your people uh, grasp hold of it. And let them uh, move into what they, you have for them in their life and for their destiny in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. In the text of uh, 1 Samuel uh, 17, where the story of David is, there's a, uh, we see a story of an extraordinary. He's an extraordinary young man who had a nine feet giant of a problem standing between him and what God intended for him to become. There was this giant, and it was, in a, it was standing in front of him, uh, stopping him from his destiny. Amen? You see, up to this point, David was just some ordinary shepherd boy. Not even his family expected much out of him. Why? Because he was the youngest of eight boys. How many know a lot of times the youngest one is put on the side? You got eight big, handsome-looking boys living in the house. And his job was to care for the sheep and just to be some kind of delivery boy. But yet, because he was willing to face up to a giant by the name of Goliath, his name and his life has been carved in granite in the Word of God. Because he was there to come against that giant that was coming against him, his name was carved in, in the Bible for life, for us all to read about. You see, sometimes life itself will either bring or is bringing some giants into our lives that will shape us, that will mold us, that will make us or break us. They'll either break us as we try and make a stand for the Lord. A lot of times when you want to make a stand for God, when everybody else thinks you're crazy, 
what everybody else thinks, that's not the way you're supposed to go. That's really not. You make a stand and the devil will come against you and the giant will come against you. So many times. So my question right now is, what is your biggest problem? What is your biggest problem that you have? What giants are standing in your path threatening to destroy you? That giant of debt or that giant of insecurity or that giant of discouragement, that giant that's in your way that's looking to, dis- to discredit you, to threaten you for what God has for you. What giants are threatening our church? What giant is threatening our praise and our worship? What is it that stops us from really praising and worshiping God? What is that giant that's in the place? Let me tell you something, saints. God has already determined that we can defeat and take out every giant that we face in life if we are willing to trust Him. Come on. Trust Him when we go into battle in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let me say this, victory requires more than positive thinking. It requires more than enthusiasm. It even requires more than action. If you do a lot of action at the wrong time, or the wrong action at the right time, you still come up short. Victory becomes ours When we think right about our problems, feel right about our problems, and then act right about our problems. Not act some other kind of way. We need more than just a positive attitude. I hear too many, oh, we just need a positive attitude. We need a vision. We need a vision from the Lord Jesus Christ as to the direction that we need to go. Well, not what sister so-and-so said, or what brother Johnny said that you need to go, what the television said you need to go, what the Lord says you need to go. Where there is no vision, the people will perish. You don't have a vision in your life, you will perish. Let me give you an illustration, just a small illustration here. Now in baseball, as you know I love sports, as in baseball, a batter who concentrates on not striking out, his concentration needs to be on hitting the ball. Because if he concentrates on not striking out, he will strike out. He has to concentrate on that ball coming in, seeing it, and then hitting it. When you play basketball, a foul shooter who dedicates himself to not missing the shot is going to miss it. His concentration needs to be on making the shot. Not on taking the shot. A student who worries about choking during the exam is going to choke. The emphasis needs to be on letting the answers flow out clearly. Letting God speak to you and getting a vision 
and let it come out clearly. David was going against a man over nine feet tall. His coat weighed 125 pounds. The head of his spear weighed some 15 pounds all by itself. But David didn't concentrate on what if he throws a javelin through me before I get close enough. Or what if he grabs me in a bear hug. Or what if he starts just punching me out. He's not concentrating on that. David instead picked up five stones. And headed in the giant's direction. And one other thing, David came with was a word from God. How many know sometimes we need a word from the Lord? It says in Samuel 17, 45 to 47. And this is what he says to the, the giant Goliath. You come against me with a sword, a spirit, a javelin. But I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defiled. This day the Lord will hand you over to me, and I'll strike it down, and I'll cut off your head. Today I will give the carcass of the Philistine army to the birds of the air and of the beasts of the earth, and the whole world will know that the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. I don't care what you try to do to me, but you're going to know that there's a God in my life that's taking care of me, that's protecting me, and His name is Jesus. All those gathered here will know that this is not by sword or spear that the Lord says, for the battle is the Lord's, and He will give all of you into our hands. You see, He didn't go through the... What if? What if that happened? And what if that didn't happen? David knew that he had to go and take a stand and he had to take care of business. Sometimes we have to take a stand. I'm not going that way. I'm sorry you may believe that, but uh, I just can't go that way. Because God gave me a word and I'm going to stand by it. Because of the God he served, he had every intention of winning the fight with the giants. Hallelujah. Somebody say amen this morning. Now we know that David did a lot of trash talking. He did a lot of trash talking even before the first lick or hit had taken place. A lot of trash talking. But it wasn't because he thought he was somebody bad or he thought he was somebody tough. It was because David knew what the Lord had done for him and what he had done for him in the past that he could talk so boastfully. You see, when people were laughing at David about being nobody out there in the hills taking care of sheep, David was learning what it was to know God. You see, saints, your position in life is nothing to be ashamed of. So long as you are using the position to get to know God even better. Amen? God is always looking for people who don't have big heads and big egos. Because those are the kind of people who the Spirit of God can truly, truly use. 
not only was David learning about sheep, he was learning about how to fight small giants that kept creeping into his life. You see, when those bears and those lions attacked the sheep, David went after those wild beasts. Sometimes the lions and the bears didn't appreciate what David had done, and they turned and attacked him. And it was in those moments, saints, those moments of the battle that David learned who God was. Sometimes when we're in the battle and we're fighting those things, you'll know who God is. David said concerning this new giant, the Lord who delivered me. He delivered me out of drugs. He delivered me. Who delivered me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. He delivered me out of the... He put my feet on a rock to stand and I'll be able to beat those giants. I'll be able to fight those things. David spoke so confidently in regards to the outcome of the battle. Why? Because his focus was on the prize of being victorious rather than on the pitfalls of defeat. Oh, I'm not going to make it. I'll never make it. I'm uneducated. I'm a different color. I don't, I'm too fat. I'm too skinny. I don't... No way. Saints, never allow, should never allow yourselves to lose sight of your goal. What God has spoken for to you. Saints, one of the primary reasons that we don't defeat the giants in our lives is that we allow ourselves to be defeated even before we get started. I can't do it. I'm too weak. I'm uneducated. Whatever it may be. How many know there is always somebody around you to remind you of who you are and how you think you are? Unfortunately, sometimes, saints, these people will be your friends. They may even be your family members. Why are you doing this? I don't understand why you go to church twice a week. I don't understand why you go to that church. I don't understand why you do this. I don't understand why you really don't drink this. I really don't understand. Eliab, handsome. David's oldest brother, big guy. Tall, good-looking soldier. And when Samuel had, sent, had been sent to David's house to anoint someone king, the minute that Samuel saw Eliab, surely... This is the one that God has chosen. You would have thought that he would have been a giant fighter, but he wasn't. Because Eliab was scared to deal with Goliath. He decided to pick a fight with his younger brother. You see, sometimes people don't want to face the real giant, so they pick a fight with you. You can't beat that thing. Come on, what are you, crazy? So when Eliab saw David asking about the giant, he tried his best to do what? Humiliate him. Anybody ever get humiliated? Humiliate him. Embarrass him. 
embarrass him in front of everyone else. All the other people. It says in verse 28 of Samuel's first, uh, first Samuel 17, Why did you even come down here? And with whom did you have those few sheep? And did you, who did you leave them with? Who did you leave? Come on, you left your job? You left your other religion, church, to go to? Look, I know how conceited you are, how wicked your heart is. You come down only to watch the battle. In other words, you're no soldier. You're a little coward. You come to look to see real men fight. What do you know about fighting? Saints, you have to believe in yourselves. Not what somebody else says about you. Not that you have some cosmic force that's inside of you, but you need to believe that God can use you to accomplish anything that God desires for you to be. Now, saints, let me say this. As a church, I want to talk about the church a little bit. As a church, at some point, we're going to have to believe that we are a great church. And really believe that we're a great church. And say that we're a great church. There's a time you've got to believe it. And sometimes our limited vision keeps us from seeing it in the natural. But I need to tell you, saints, now is not the time to focus on what we can't do. But focus on what we can do as a great church. In our individual lives, in our corporate lives, as a body, we should not be discouraged by others who are not willing to fight giants for themselves. Nor are they willing to see us succeed in our own battles. You see, saints, David didn't start crying that his brother had finally, had really hurt his feelings. He didn't sit there and say, oh, <laughs> you hurt my feelings. He didn't say, yeah, you're right. You know what? You're right. I better go back to the sheep. Or he didn't blast his brother. He didn't say, if you're such a big shot, why don't you go fight him? He didn't say any of that. You see, David realized he would not become a better giant fighter merely by cutting down someone else. By getting back at somebody else. He did what we so often fail to do. He got away from those who were speaking negative about him. And negative about everything else. He got away from those who were speaking negative. For people who constantly try to belittle us and your efforts. You see, loved ones, let me tell you something. We don't motivate people by telling them all the things they did wrong. 
Motivation comes when we point out and applaud the things that they are doing right. And David knew enough to get away from the grumblers and the complainers. And start applauding those. You know what, parents? We need to start applauding our kids for the great things that they do in school. Every time, you know, applaud. Applaud those great things. The Bible says in verse 30 of 1 Samuel, he then turned away to someone else and brought up the same matter, and the men answered him as before. You see, saints, we may need to turn away from someone else before we can get close enough to slay that giant in your life. Those negative things that they shoot at you. But someone else thinks of your value and worth may be a long ways off from what God thinks about you. You are important, saints. And you count. And if you give Jesus the chance, you will be amazed at what you can conquer in your life. What is what are the things we we must we must do to slay giants? We need to examine something. We need to examine our cause. What's the cause? Is it worth enough to consume my energy? My effort, my time, my commitment? Is it worth the risk that individually I'll be taking or the church will be taking? Now we know that David had a cause, amen? Because when he arrived on the scene, the first thing he found was a frightened and a scared Israeli army. The second thing he saw was this big giant, Goliath. And he immediately realized something. He immediately realized why they were scared to death. This guy was standing in front of him. This guy was so massive. Your giant can be so massive. This giant was so massive. And he had every intent of killing whatever was in his way. Every intent. That giant may be in your life that's willing to take you out at any time. You see, saints, having a purpose in life will make us behave in a different way when you have a purpose. Because a purpose will cause us to spend more time in prayer. And that giant is so massive and so big in your life, you need to get on your knees. And you need to start praying. You need to start asking the Lord to really help you. Prayer comes in. If our purpose is bigger than we are, then we will need to continually ask God for his wisdom and his strength. And prayer is how the power of God is unleashed. Well, I, I, I can't go to prayer service tonight because I'm going to meet uh, Brother Johnny and we're going to talk about my problem.
Oh, I really can't go to prayer service tonight because, you know, I really don't have anything. I'm just going to... Throughout scriptures and throughout scripture, we are challenged to boldly claim victory through prayer. Jeremiah 33, 3. Call to me and I will answer you and tell you great and unsearchable things you do not know. Mark eleven twenty four. Therefore I tell you whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. Through prayer, we discover the power and privilege to be used by God for a great purpose. We cannot fulfill the plan of God for your individual life or for life church without prayer. I read this story. Dwight Moody, the great pastor of a great church, was once asked by a man why his ministry was so powerful. He took the man to the basement of the church and showed him 100 men. Not 100 women. Not 100 mixed group. Not 100 youth. 100 men who was always praying for the work of the ministry. Come on, saints. 100. Everybody say men. Men. God is not limited. We limit ourselves by our failure to plug into the power that God has made available. Somebody needs to say amen. Men, God is calling you to prayer on this Father's Day. He's calling you to pray for your church. He's calling you to pray for your family. He's calling you to pray individually for yourself, for your job, for everything else. He is calling the men to prayer. The second thing that having a purpose will do is that it will unite us. A purpose will come and it will cause us to look for others with goals similar to ours. When people of God unite in a vision, there is no giant that they cannot kill. And they will be able to do extraordinary, great things. A purpose will challenge us to risk more. Saints, we will never do anything great in life or in God if we are not willing to risk going out just a little further out on the limb, or casting the net into the deep. It's not possible to slay Goliath at a distance. When Jesus defeated death, he didn't do it from the comforts of heaven. He had to get up close. He had to test death. death. Come on. He went face to face while being crucified on the cross. Someone once said a 
Ship in a harbor is safe, but that does not what ships are built for. A church that stays within its own four walls and never takes risks may be safe. But is God pleased with it? We need to take some risks. Saints, David did not have a direct word from God that everything would be all right if he went after Goliath. It never happened. David was relying on what God had done for him in the past. How many has he done something for in the past? You wouldn't be here if he hasn't. I don't know if you can imagine the situation. We can imagine the situation here. The king had offered all kinds of rewards for anyone who would go and fight this giant for him. David takes a risk and he goes before the king and he says, Let no one lose heart on account of the Philistine. You know what? Your servant here will go out and fight him. I'll go fight him. Uh, There's no doubt that I think that David expected King Saul to really shout for joy. Somebody has finally come forward. Wow. Hallelujah. This is great. You come forward. Somebody here is willing to take a risk. He's got a cause. This is, this is great. But again, and you may happen to you again and again and again, but again, David is humiliated. Because then the king tells him, how are you going to go out and fight this Philistine? You are only a boy. That's all you are. And he's been fighting and killing people all these years. How are you going to do Come on, you're just... How are you going to do it? Saints, don't be surprised when people don't shout for joy when you take a risk for God. Don't be surprised when they don't shout for joy when you do what God is calling you to do. You're, you're crazy. How could you do that? David was more qualified than any soldier in Saul's army by virtue of the fact that he was the only one that was willing to fight Goliath. Are we willing to face the giants in our individual lives? Are we willing to face the giants that confront us as a church? Are we willing to recognize that the giant may even be found in ourselves? Come on, somebody. You see, giant, you see, say sometimes, We can be our own giants. Giant of self will always question, how will it make me feel? How is this going to, how is this going to make me feel? Rather than, is this what God is calling me to do or for us to do? Is this what God wants us to do? If you want to overcome, The giants in your life, 
You've got to plan and you've got to make it happen. If the giant in front of you is debt, the first thing you do is you need to get a plan. You won't slay that giant of debt by waiting for a call from the publisher's clearinghouse. You won't get out of debt by waiting for the little scratch-off that you put in your pocket. That ain't going to do it. You got to do some planning. Got to take maybe a course in Dave Ramsey on how to get out of debt. You got to do some planning. That just go, oh, I'm going to be out of debt. Hallelujah. <laughs> do some planning. David didn't just run out and challenge Goliath to a sword fight. First he tried to use, they gave him the armor of Saul. And he recognized something. I can't wear this armor. It's too big for me. It's too heavy for me. And I'm not going to wear Saul's armor. This isn't going to work. We need to do some planning. He simply was not used to the armor. And there was no sense pretending that he was something that he wasn't. A lot of times we pretend that we're something that we really aren't. You have to change your course of action. So he changed his course of action. And he just takes off the armor. He throws it off. And he goes and he does something that everybody thinks is stupid. He goes and he picks up five small, smooth stones. Now how many know he just didn't run over and grab them? He just didn't run over and grab a stone. He knew what he was picking up. He knew what he was doing. He had a plan. There were smooth stones. He looked for stones that would help him be more accurate. Sometimes we need to look for a word that's more accurate. And more accurate in his attack on Goliath. The smooth stone is going to go... Because if it had, had little ridges and little other things in it, it might miss the mark. Come on, they were smooth stones. They were the right stones to pick out. See, when you're going to fight giants... You just can't choose any old thing. If I want to get some prayer warriors around me, I want some prayer warriors. I want to slay some giants. Because you're putting your entire future... David was putting his entire future on the line. And how many know we need to, and we ought to take time to prepare for battle as best we can. And he had to prepare for battle the best he can. Because David made room to make, for his options to be open. Because he didn't know how many stones he would take to bring Goliath down. 
He didn't just pick up one, he picked up five. Now we could always go, you know, apostle, apostle. We could do all that. But he had his options here. Because if one missed, I got four more. He had a plan. Because having a purpose will allow us to sacrifice beyond the call of duty. We'll be willing to lay more on the line. We expect more than we ordinarily would. There was only one reason for David to charge Goliath. He had a purpose. He knew what he was going to do. The God of Israel was being ridiculed. He had a purpose. Ridiculed by the Philistines because the Israelites were afraid to tackle their problem. He will ridicule you if you don't attack the problem. He will keep it up and keep it up and keep it up and keep it up. Anya, Anya, and Anya. And that's what Goliath was doing. You guys are scared of me. I could kill you at any time. You're kidding me. Come on. That booming voice. A lot of people thought David was on a suicide mission. Here he goes with a slingshot. Why didn't he take a sword? He took the sword after he was down, though. Why, why did he take a sword? How many know David was no fool? Let me tell you this. Because if he got close enough, and sometimes if you get close enough to that giant that's after you, he'll strangle you. If he got close enough to use a sword on Goliath, that meant Goliath had been close earlier to end his life. He was real. See, Goliath, we real close to you then. The enemy would be real close. He could take you down. Because Goliath had a longer reach, didn't he? And he had a longer sword. But it's not really true to say David went armed only with a slingshot. David, saints, went armed with a purpose and a faith in God. And we need to go slay the giant with a purpose and a faith in God that says this, I'd rather die than to see God humiliated. I'd rather die than see God humiliated who gave me a vision for my life and who gave me whatever it may be that put a call of God on my life. I'm going to get nobody's going to take it down. No giant is going to humiliate me. Saints, let me tell you something. There are plenty of giants to be killed. Some are personal. And some confront us all as a church. And we need to conquer them. And how do we 
conquer all these giants? It's going to require prayer. Everybody say prayer. Say this one. Unity. Risks. Planning. And the big one, sacrifice. We will win. How many know we will win? Not because of who we are, but because of whom we serve. Jesus Christ came that we might have life and have it more abundantly. Saints, there is no giant capable of defeating him. Because he says in John, and I leave you with this, in John 16, 33, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble. But take heart. I have overcome the world. Let's give the Lord the praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.